Sync and Desist, a multimedia network. Please enjoy. Peace, Tupac. <laughs> I was actually old enough to know who Tupac was and understand that he passed away. I think did a few weeks ago we actually talk about like how no, I don't think so. I think it was before we started recording the podcast and we never talked about it on the podcast how Nipsey Hustle passing away is the closest thing to as an adult. To Tupac passing away because yeah. I remember, I because I, I think Tupac is the first death that I understood like what what dying was. was yeah yeah, but like Nipsey passing was is like the closest thing to a Tupac like, right. passing away early mm. kind of uh, but yeah, and but, Tupac's still one of my favorite artists but Nipsey. You know, it meant a lot to you because you feel like you grew up with him in some way. Yeah. Like you, like my friend back in 2011, when the marathon continues, the mixtape TMC came out. He texted me the same day. He's like, "Check out Nipsey Hussle. I know you're gonna love him." I listened to the first song, then the second song. I was yeah. obsessed with. Him. Yeah, you're. It was um ah. It's, I'm going to remember when we finish recording. <laughs> uh, Who Detached Us featuring Steve Jobs. Oh. That's the name of the song. And then I was like, oh, he's now one of my favorite artists <laughs> back in 2011. Yeah. So, like, I, yeah, in a way, I kind of, like, grew up with Nipsey, and he's inspired me so much. Well, I've, I've mentioned this before, but, you know, when someone's art, like, when you're watching a movie or listening to a song, um you invite that art into your place of residence in your home. Um, so you're kind of sharing a, a, a piece of that artist, you know, it, it's, it's kind of one of those weird things, you know, where it's like, it's super personal feeling, you know, in some ways like, yes, like everybody can watch this or everybody can listen to this or whatever. But like, but for you, it's like, that's part of your journey, your growth as a person. And that's where you come to be the most vulnerable is at home, you know, after school, after work, whatever it may be. And you're sharing that vulnerable space with that artist. So, like, when an artist dies that that is really close to you, that hits different. <laughs> it's way different, you know? Um, like, for me, like, Robin Williams, for some reason, like, when I grieve death, it's a slow process for me. Usually it... You know, I go through like the denial factor first, or um, it, it may take months before I ever actually like realize, oh my God, they're gone. And then I cry about it. So, but you know, I'm saying the crying about it is, is never an immediate thing. But with Robin Williams, it was immediate. It was like 
no, this can't be, you know, and all at once. So it was, it was the whole grieving process in, in one night when I heard that. When so. he passed away, like I felt, I was like, oh man. And then hearing how he passed away, but like Paul Walker, Nipsey Hustle. Mm, yeah, Paul Walker. Um, Anton Yelchin and Philip Seymour Hoffman. When the four of them passed away, when I found out, I like physically was sick. Mm. Like Nipsey, I was more so like shocked, like w- w- what? Mm-hmm. But like when Philip Seymour Hoffman, Paul Walker, and uh, Anton Yelchin passed away, like and even Nipsey, I still can't believe like he's actually gone. And they but, were like, all was, young. Yeah, like, it's I, not like they were old. I was actually like sick. Almost like I want to say like when. Paul Walker and Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away. And I kind of felt it, but more so with the two of them. Mm. I mean, with Anton. Um, like, I almost felt like myself like about to throw up because, like, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman was one of my favorite actors. Yeah. And Paul Walker, I've always been obsessed with Paul Walker mm. and Anton Yelchin. I've always wanted to work with him. And like we're like in, close to the same age and everything, and yeah, like, it's true. Like he's one of the coolest people, and like I grew up with Nipsey in a way, like you said. And it's like those are like the four um, celebrity deaths that have actually like affected me. Mm-hmm. Like I did cry when Nipsey passed away, um, just like because I was at work when I found out he was shot, right? Because Twitter sent me a notification. I got to my watch while I was at work and I looked and I was like, oh, Nipsey got shot. I was like, oh, he's going to be all right. Mm. And then as soon as I got home, I let my dog out and I went on to Instagram and Jeezy was the first person to pop up and it's a picture of Nipsey. I was like, no. No. Yeah. I kept scrolling See, there's down the denial, and right? it's like him, him, Nipsey, 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 Nipsey. And then I'm like going on Twitter looking, reading articles and everything and Right, the videos of him uh, being shot and kicked and everything. Yeah, um, yeah. Your your brain is it, trying to process this, so you're trying to v- validate it by r- like consistently reading all this stuff I was up or until watching like 4 all this. Four a.m. Yeah, watch, like at a r- early into the morning, like it like started to hit me because I was just watching YouTube, like watching these live streams, like for mm-hmm. live updates and everything, because we're three years ahead of LA. So it happened fairly early in the afternoon, Uh, but it was late for us, but it hit me. And then like a a few tears did, uh, were shed. Yeah. It was a few (laughs) thug tears. (laughs) Yeah. And, and then cause like days before he passed away, my cousin Mm. passed away. Right. Yeah. And it was like, boom, boom. Mm hmm. And like I'm like both of them, I still can't like. Yeah, because I, I I guess it's you know it it's still gonna hurt. Like if someone dies, you know, even a, a natural death, you know, just of old age or anything like that, it's still gonna affect you uh, because that person means a lot to you. You know, like when my grandfather passed, it was rough for me, um, but he went peacefully, and you know is old age i mean lived a great life but you know it still still hurts in some ways because you realize that person's never going to be there anymore um 
but it's like when someone's so young and when their when their life was taken either by it, by their own hands or someone else's it's like there's there's an extra level of emotion to that because there's that like why like this this shouldn't happen you know that like this is this is against nature <laughs> so your your brain is trying to uh you know, just to process and like make make sense of the damn thing. So it's mm-hmm. it's rough. Yeah, like I still on my phone, like the background is still Nipsey. Like it has been since mm-hmm. March thirty first. I know. <laughs> like I I, I try every once in a while to change it, but like it it never feels right. Right. Yeah. Like it's hard to believe. Like when someone that you you were close to like s- is taken so early in their life and out of nowhere it's like you you can never yeah. like really wrap your mind around it right um and like with robin williams like for me it, it almost felt like like he was in my family or something mm-hmm. and carrie fisher oh yeah that too yeah. oh yeah the the nerd world the Star Wars fandom and beyond. You we know. recorded a podcast that day too. We did because me and my former co-host, we of oh, that podcast, we went and saw Rogue One, that. and then we met you at my house to record. Uh, what episode was that? Because it was a mon- it was a milestone episode of that podcast, and then you and I we just talked about memes. <laughs> I think it was like the first or the last episode of the year. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, it was. It was, it was the last one of the year. We, we were talking about our <laughs> uh, the, our year in review. Is our year yep. in review episode? Yeah. Yep. And we talked a lot about memes for yeah. it being a and review. It all went downhill from there. <laughs> <laughs> and we both watched the co-host <laughs> check out the podcast in that one. <laughs> <laughs> we were also really tired. Like it was late. It it was. And like we were talking about the pee pee poo poo man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was mostly me laughing at it because my sense of humor is far more immature than yours, Rob. <laughs> yours is a little more sadistic than mine. <laughs> you have a really effed up sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> parents should be proud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have a stronger stomach than I do, anyways. Yeah, I've been like, thrown up since high school. That so literally, yeah. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I was just meaning the ninth you, grade. I, you know, you can watch anything basically and not squirm. I, I'm over here covering my. I no, I'll, I'll take that back. I have a higher threshold than the the average person when it comes to movies, but I don't. Uh, I don't have as high of a threshold as you. So my threshold is, I can't. Wa- I'll squirm if it's just a bad movie. <laughs> I can't take how terrible this movie is. <laughs> I need to turn it off right now. Yeah. It's just for different reasons. But we were talking about this actually before uh, we started recording how like, um, uh, I don't think I've ever said what actually gets me. Like I can watch any like ghosts, demons, just slashers, like <laughs> torture porn movies. Like I can watch, I watch uh, the... Um, Snuff. I grew up watching like snuff films on Reddit and whatever, mm-hmm. and like a <laughs> uh, daily uh, daily leaks or whatever, and um, 
like yeah I, i've seen all of that but the one thing that two things that really get me uh in movies like i've said before like teeth and eye stuff bother me but like as far as like genres of horror movie is like alligators and sharks because i'm actually terrified of them <laughs> <laughs> so like even like 47 meters down like trash movie I was on edge. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck no. (laughs) And like Crawl is one of my favorite movies of the year. But like that one, I was like, that's a little different working for me because I absolutely love this movie. It's a masterpiece, but it's more entertaining than anything. Yeah. 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 Not a lot gets you (laughs) because I mean, you've even. You've you've gone down the the uh, internet rabbit hole, like showing me some stuff before too, and I'm just like, Rob, I don't see how you can handle this. Like, I mean, I've ventured out, you know, with um, some like foreign horror movies, you know, French horror, um, but yeah, I I can't do it, Rob. <laughs> but I think you would love Suspiria, though. Yeah, well, I I like those kind of movies because. Um, that one has more of like a retro, like a seventies. It looks like it's it came out last year, but it looks like it actually came out back then. Uh, I love is, is that an A twenty four? It's an Amazon movie. Oh, okay. So never mind. Climax is an A twenty four movie. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it A twenty four, which is also a French movie. Climax. Okay, but it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> I don't want to uh, offend the French uh, fans <laughs> French horror well you're fans. not you're not saying all French horror is bad yeah <laughs> I like Martyrs is one of my favorite horror movies uh, I, I could barely stomach that one I have to turn away in some parts but that's a masterpiece I'm not talking about the American version that came out a few years ago I'm talking about the the, the French version in like 2007 or 8 or something like that. It's hard for me to watch movies with subtitles, but the older I've gotten, I do watch them. Mm-hmm. Like Suspiria, half of it is, and almost all of Climax is, and all of Raw is, which I still have not seen all of it because I fell asleep on it. <laughs> because like, I don't like to read my movies unless it's a script. But... um. I don't read my anime. I wait for the doves to come out. <laughs> and then even still, I wait because I haven't watched anime in a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the older I've gotten, I, um, I've been watching foreign films, especially horror films. Well, th- this is my favorite genre. Well, it, any uh, well b- because of, go back to A24, they have kind of redefined the genre of horror. I feel like they're they make more art horror films. Yes, mm-hmm. but they're they're maybe not mainstream in that it, it, they're not Hollywood movies, but they are hitting the mainstream mm-hmm. in that a lot of people have seen those movies. They're not unheard of movies, and they have some high caliber actors in those movies too. Just really small budget movies. Yeah, yeah, and like um. Like Ari Aster, I mm-hmm. I like him as a director. I just don't like his movies. Like you can tell, Hereditary was changed around a mm-hmm. little bit 
because like the end is it's not consistent throughout the movie. Like it, the end just happens very fast after it's a super slow burn of a movie. Then the end just happens fast, and then it's yeah, like, it's over. And like midsummer, I like some of the shots, but then I, even like the cinematography became lazy because a lot of the shots would be um, in a mirror, and like the whole scene would be in that same one shot. And you see one character in the distance, and then in the mirror you see another character mm. behind the camera. So it's like they do that like four times in the whole movie, and they're long scenes. So and the it, the shot doesn't move at all, so it's just stagnant. It's on sticks, but I think he's a genius of it. like he cares about what he's doing, especially Midsummer because he did a whole lot of research in that movie for that movie. But mm-hmm. I I didn't I at no point did it I didn't connect care with for him at all. I yeah. I think the beginning of the movie up until where the credits start uh, the the title starts i think because i i think that movie either that movie or climax it has like no it's climax climax has like the credits the end credits in the beginning of the movie no and then the title like halfway through yeah something else is at the end like it's weird that is weird but like i just at no point did i like care or like i was frustrated with um midsummer because it was supposed to be a movie about mental illness and like depression and like a lot of people say like if you if you're happy you won't like this movie but i can always put myself like i can always try to understand like where someone is and like in midsummer i could never put myself there like it's definitely not about that. It's more so about grieving than like mental illness and depression and everything. Right. And like gaslighting. Yeah. But the, the movie different. does have like one of the worst uh, movie boyfriends. <laughs> 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 By what standard? Or, or I guess, well, I don't know. <laughs> but it's like him and the dude from the last year's Halloween. <laughs> Both of those boyfriends are shit people. Yeah, it's like it. So it's like too. It's too jarring to be believable. Like the suspension of disbelief, or or is I, it more like just do you, you can't care about? Like, yeah. Do you care about spoilers or no? Like not. literally at one point the boyfriend. Or like, actually, I have heard I've heard some spoilers already. Yeah, so like throughout the movie, the boyfriend's just looking at another girl like other girls throughout the whole movie in front of his girlfriend like he's checking her out he's hitting on other girls in front of his girlfriend at one point he leaves his girlfriend while she's right here and has sex with another woman yeah right next to her and stuff like it's like and then like he's just dumb too (laughs) (laughs) and he's like he's like an ass he's a terrible friend right uh and and so it, it it seems like, you know, they're they're just showcasing the the shitty behavior, mm-hmm. probably like right off the bat so much that it's just kind of like, yeah, the, yeah, the dude's a, an asshole. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard. It's hard to like sympathize, I guess, with that. Yeah, I like that, the actor, but like, is like I at no point could I sympathize for the character, right? That's yeah. like 
you know, with the with the Joker movie, you know, that being like one of the or is the biggest R rated movie of all time. I think <laughs> so. Yeah. Um yeah, there there's been like controversy about that too, you know, being like, oh, are people sympathizing too much with that character? I I could say that for that, I do sympathize with the character in that he he's a compelling character. You know, like I understand where he's at, but in no way would I justify the behavior. <laughs> like just because, you know, someone has been through some stuff that we we could all look at and go like, yeah, that makes sense. Or like I, I could relate to that feeling doesn't mean that, like the outcasts, like yeah. all that stuff in mm-hmm. the movie, I could relate who, to. Yeah, who can't relate to feeling like an outcast sometimes, mm-hmm. you know? And then you can relate it to political themes too. Like you can parallel it with what's going on and now. Then, like he's an unreliable narrator. So, like, you don't know mm-hmm. what in the movie is real. Even like this the is true. beautiful chaos scene at the end, mm-hmm. you don't know if that's real. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But like I, I at work I was telling this guy, which I found out he was born in two thousand. <laughs> I was like, what? I was gonna bring up cubics, and then I was like, oh, you weren't born then. <laughs> <laughs> cubics robots for everyone. Yeah, yeah. that came out what like ninety nine, two thousand. <laughs> oh gosh. But um, uh, I was he saw it, and I was like, so I I saw Joker twice. He was like. It was a dark movie. And then I was like, I saw it twice. I saw it in East Cop. And <laughs> during a certain murder scene uh, with a com- comedic beat, if you look at it that way. In East Cop, no, it was dead silent. You and I saw it together. It was dead silent. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I, saw it on, and I also saw it in West Cop. Ooh. Uh, black <laughs> theater. They they ab- 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 loved it. <laughs> Abrupt. <laughs> like, oh, that's fucked up. Er- er- erupting <laughs> into like a, it. whoa. Yeah. Whoa, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Just like going ham. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's like, I was wanting to, you, you remember this? Like when we saw it together, like the moment the credits started rolling, I like I started clapping. Like, do do we do clap? We clap? <laughs> and like no one did anything. They just got up and left. And I'm thinking like, man, this crowd sucks. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it's two different worlds, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but that movie is also a mess. It, it is also one of the best movies of the year. Mm. No debate. You disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> so like, we, were, we were talking about this earlier too, um, that like, because you watch a lot of these kind of movies, I, I think any, I mean, any like aspiring director, you know, you, you got to watch everything. You know, gain inspiration from where you can, you know, be like a movie connoisseur, you know. And so there's there's not like a, a certain genre you won't watch. You know, you basically watch anything indie. Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming from the Christian entity. Yeah, right. I was gonna say <laughs> not good movies, guys. <laughs> Uh, now if they increase if they increase the budget, would you like it more? <laughs> if they looked better? <laughs> Oh, it could be the writing too. I it's did actually bad. see one. I was like, "Oh, this is pretty fucked up." <laughs> the first movie was about human trafficking. 
<laughs> there was a shootout in the movie too. I was like, what oh, kind shit. of Christian movies you watch? <laughs> they have a Christian cinematic universe. Like the courage, what? the courage movies, yeah, and, and the Basic war the room movies. And all that. Uh, uh, they had a spinoff. What? <laughs> wow! Be <laughs> Kurt Cameron, you know. <laughs> there's like a Mar- yeah, a Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> for Kurt Cameron movies. It's called the Bible. What? <laughs> <laughs> Our cinematic cinematic uh, universe called Bible the Man. Bible. <laughs> the Mr. Bible Belt. Bible Man was. The shit when I was getting <laughs> Veggie Tales, Larry Boy. I can't believe you just used those words in that sentence. <laughs> yeah. Veggie Tales was the shit. Bible Man was effing up. No. <laughs> you start dropping F bombs. Dude, I want to see a superpower beat down of <laughs> Batman and Bible Man. <laughs> <The> screw. <laughs> like YouTube, like uh, screw attack, you know, <laughs> battle of like Bible Man. And- you guys vote. And Larry Boy <laughs> against each other, who would win? Uh, Larry Boy toy. Death battle. As uh, Larry Boy Mobile. <laughs> <laughs> no, I grew up on all that, so I, you're you're not speaking another language here. <laughs> no, but but um, you you watch all kinds of movies. I mean, the the kind of movies that you want to make. I mean, I can't pigeonhole exactly. You probably want to make all kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but one that would suit you really well would be like a very slow burn, art house horror kind of movies. Yeah. Mm. It's like what A24 is doing, like, because that that seems like a good place to start too. Because you have to think outside of the box for this. Mm, mm. You get, you have the mind for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it um, and it's not like, you know, oh, I want to go work for Hollywood, you know, because yeah, it's like you have to know people and it's it's a whole other high class thing. But like these art films, like they, you throw them a script, they could green light it. You know, it's it's not about the budgets, you know, they're not like super high. So um, I think companies like that are really important to the movie industry or the art industry in general because, I mean, there's people with, a million amazing ideas in their head, but don't have the the funds to make it happen. And also, I think going back to Joker, like Joker, the Joker movie, like the budget was so low on that, and yet it made like a billion dollars <laughs> almost. So it's like, mm. I think it's pe- coming up on Endgame. <laughs> I, I, I think yeah, I think that people are seeing the value in letting the director and the writer take hold you know despite the controversy just exactly it's like against all that against the odds you know there there are people trying to sabotage some of that and like say no don't don't see that people are still seeing it so i think people are going back to like the movie roots so to speak and it's like we just want good stories like you don't we don't need 300 million dollar budget third act cgi action scenes like we're actually in it for the characters in the story gemini man yeah <laughs> right where it's like those are aren't breaking even anymore that movie lost paramount like 75 million dollars it's right and it didn't even look good in my opinion no it did like i mean it was on candy valley was, for me 
Yeah, like some of it looked okay from the trailer. I have not seen the movie, but some of it from the trailer looked okay. But then there's some shots I was like, eh. They shot it in 120 frames a second, which mm-hmm. what we see, what cinematic is 24 frames a second. Like all movies are in 24 frames. Hmm. Like there aren't many theaters that could play that movie because it was in such a high frame rate. Mm-hmm. And then. Like when it's faster, the action looks different, which is like why they did it. Because like in a super high frame rate, action would look a little better. Right. But the CG failed from that. Yep. Because you can tell. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's a lot. Uh, It's all. It almost seemed like they made some creative decisions just to test out their new toys. And his Ang Lee, like he has like the worst track record to be like a good director. Yeah, I I haven't loved all his movies. It's some I, I Hulk. Enjoy. Yeah, Hulk. Ooh. Wow. Did did he do that one with the uh, the guy with like the tiger and the boat and everything? Mm, the Life of Pi. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I believe so. Um, that one didn't really connect with me, like. I liked it because it was different. It was very different. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's why it didn't connect with me. I was like, wow, this is... Um, But, yeah, I think, going back to what I was saying, like, people are are putting value back to the roots of art. We want something genuine again. We want to connect with something and not be taken out of it. And not just, not not be treated like we're we're dumb, you know. And just we just want a whole bunch of action sequences. Um, people are craving good stories, good characters, and like a twenty four and some of these like more indie production studios. It's like, yeah, let's let's just make movies, mm-hmm. you know. So, I think you're living in a prime time to, uh, you know, kind of let your passion come to fruition you know yeah like i do want to make like superhero uh, at least one superhero movie mm-hmm. but yeah it doesn't mean you can't do high budget hollywood style movies and yeah stuff. like i really just want to tell original stories for the most part yeah mm-hmm. That's what I but just don't be michael bay <laughs> except the movie seven underground or whatever it's called with ryan reynolds it's definitely like a Michael Bay movie. Also looks kind of good. Make a movie like Drive. I'll be yeah. happy. And make a silent film. <laughs> my first short film not shot on my grandmother's camcorder in film school in film class it was, was silent? a silent film. I still have it. Nice. I do not want to look, watch it. Though. I was gonna say, will you? Will you have me watch it? Thug in that movie. Nah. It, was, it was like Tom and Jerry's like cat and different. mouse game. Like this kid was trying to prank me all throughout the school, and like I would um, be too literally too smooth to fall for his traps. <laughs> so like he would fall for his own traps and stuff. Oh, it's a <laughs> it super was like cartoonish, right? Uh huh. That, Except you can see like my super baggy clothes and like 
like my studded hoodie that zipped up all the way <laughs> to the hood and had like foil lions all over it and diamonds and stuff. Bring back that, Rob. Bring bring that look back. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'll see old older uh, pictures of you and I'll just be like, Who's that? Black man. (laughs) (laughs) Without my hair being very curly, I look like I look full on black. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You you do. I think your hair now definitely changes your look. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah. And it's weird. It's kind of weird. It's polarizing. Like the amount of people that assume I'm Mexican and the amount (laughs) of people that assume I'm black (laughs) and the slither of people that believe that know that i'm mixed <laughs> and only two is it people. like 50 50 or is it like for the most part yeah and people always try to discount like the white i'm i'm like i'm mexican white and black and they're like oh we don't count the white like uh i have a whole grandfather and a whole side of a family that's all white <laughs> i don't discount the white side of <laughs> Like discount part of me is to not take account all of me. If you don't, if you can't appreciate me at my my <laughs> my white, then you can't appreciate me at my black. <laughs> Was that an okay way to work? That <laughs> sounds strange. <laughs> oh man, memes. That's off the yeah. yeah. You need to be your own meme. I swear. Yeah. I'm a walking, talking meme. You are. Yeah. Living, breathing. Yeah. At work, one of the managers tried to say blasphemy, but she was saying blast the meme. Blast the meme. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's what Facebook's for. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I use it for. <laughs> and then I got set up with like the group me for my job with all the managers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, while I was getting it set up, the tutorial said I could use post memes. And I was like, oh shit, tight. That's that's dope. I'm gonna start posting a, a lot of inappropriate memes. Then the other manager was like, uh, you can send them to me, but the district manager is also on. So, oh shit, never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's like, let me put this meme away. <laughs> I was already on it. <laughs> <laughs> I almost tell, I, like I held myself back from tweeting something the other day because I was like, "What if my manager looks at my Twitter?" Because <laughs> it's just my name. Before you're a manager, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. But once you become one, you're like, <laughs> right? Maybe hold back a little. Bit. R- rules apply then. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that about does it for this week's episode. The sync and assist episodic. <laughs> We're coming up on one hundred. And we would love to have a blowout. I think a it's a blowout sale. Yeah. <laughs> December 2nd, I think, is when episode 100 airs. Mm. So uh, please share us with your friends. You listen to this podcast. <laughs> Tell your friends to also listen to this podcast. <laughs> share us, like, rate, review, subscribe. Like I said, share us. We need those little shares, we, we need those listens. To go up into the new decade. Yep. And uh, we will catch you next week. Later. <laughs>